everybody to the Eyes on Big Podcast. This is your number one podcast for Big Ten football. We will be going over week four in the Big Ten. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek. And this is Big Kurt here. What platforms are we on, Big Kurt? We are streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and you can also go directly to our website, which is eyesonbig.podbean.com. I was at the... The Iowa-Wisconsin uh, football contest this weekend, as we're going to go over that a little bit more. I was being attacked in a good way by a bunch of people in our uh, tailgate crew. Some of them some of them, older, more seasoned gentlemen, so they were asking me, how the heck do I actually listen to it? Trying so to was, understand what a podcast is <laughs> yeah, and then how to, trying to how figure out how to subscribe listen. And, yep. and then, of course, is when they see how easy it is. And they're like, oh, that's it? And I'm like, yeah, it'll just kind of reload. So time, none of so. them... Were without a smartphone? No, they, they, all actually, they were all okay. smartphoned up. They just didn't know how to go about that, but we took care of them. Um, you know, obviously we'll get more into the, the uh, uh, Iowa-Wisconsin game, but I just want to say again for anybody out there that's listening, hopefully, I mean, I think we we can make the uh, assumption that you're a college football fan and probably like uh, Big Ten football, which means you're hopefully going to, to Big Ten games um, if you're in the Big Ten footprint, that means the weather doesn't always cooperate for mm. you. But on Saturday in Iowa City, beautiful, it, beautiful it day, literally huh? could not have been any mm. better. Uh, in the 70s, mid 70s during the day, sun, slight breeze. Uh, right before the game starts, the sun goes down behind the trees. I mean, it was literally the best college football setting i think you can ask for uh you know anytime you're going into the year you want that one big game yeah i felt like iowa and wisconsin fans got it and i texted you yep i was gonna that that uh how jealous i was of you for the the moment you were about to have being playing in a big game at home being there for that game i have just it's been so long as an illinois fan since i've been in that position and i would go ahead and say it's something that um, Iowa fans probably take for granted. I, I would assume Ohio State fans take it for granted. You know, it's just a, yep. it's just an every year thing. Um, not to pick on Ohio State fans, I'm just saying it's because they they're always good. And they play in big games like that every year. But anyways, on game day in Iowa City, uh, phone calls are almost impossible to get it out. My phone basically just dies, kills me because I cannot check the score on the games that I'm you know well, you get, paying attention to. You get a lot of my texts though. Not a lot. No, They'll come okay. late. So yeah. I hadn't gotten any texts for a while. And then suddenly that one popped through okay. right before the game started. Uh, my whole family was at the game for this one. My dad, my older, older, oldest brother, my middle brother, and I sit next to each other. And that text came through, and I actually showed it to oh, him. Oh, did you? And um, I, I, he, he, he read it, and he's like, that's that's awesome. You know, that's awesome that he would point that out to you. Yeah. And then I texted back. I love you, man. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, <laughs> Which I, I got a, yeah, you I got a good laugh. You just laughed at me. But I, sh- I showed my wife. Yeah. But she hopefully, uh, hopefully maybe there's some other people listening that were actually at that game. Hopefully there's, uh, you know, tons of people listening that were at some, some other game, you know, that they got good weather and good times is mm-hmm. what it's all about. It's, it's, it's mostly about the wins and losses. Don't get me wrong, but it's not, all about the wins and losses. It's a every college football season is a is a story with many chapters, and you gotta enjoy the ones when you got them. So I had a little experience. I was at my local watering hole drinking a few Natty Lights, and I was watching the Indiana Michigan State game, and I was cheering for Indiana in the game. I'll just go ahead and say that I want just wanted them to win. I just like Indiana. Anyway, um, sitting there, and 
Peyton Ramsey throws that pick six, and I take both my hands and I slam them on the bar, and my wife got totally embarrassed. Oh, everyone's looking at us. I'm like, I don't care. I look across from me. There's a guy in a Michigan State sweatshirt. And I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> nothing against you, but I just want Indiana to win. He's a nice guy. We struck up a conversation and we talked for the rest and of I'm the game. And I'm assuming, and this is something we touched on the last podcast, whenever you run into a fellow college football fan at a bar in Minnesota, you wind up actually making friends with them typically because they're just happy to see another college football yeah, fan that's true. in the bar or in the general area. But uh, Okay, let's move on to our weekly Eisman watch. <laughs> Okay, thank you, Darth. All right, let's start off with two duos here. We're going to go with Dwayne Haskins and Paris Campbell, quarterback and wide receiver, Ohio State University. Haskins was 21 of 24, 304 yards, five touchdowns. Paris Campbell, eight catches, 147 yards, two touchdowns. All of that for both of them was in the first half. Just <laughs> incredible. Okay, let's move on to Miles Sanders, Trace McSorley, running back and quarterback, Penn State University. All of these are in the second half. Well, okay, good point. <laughs> nice one. Thanks for pointing that out. Miles Sanders had 22 rushes, 100 yards, three touchdowns. McSorley, just another typical McSorley day, 12 of 19 passing, 160 yards, three touchdowns through the air. Also ran 15 times for 92 yards. David Blau, quarterback for Purdue University, was 21 of 28 for 296 yards, three touchdowns in a huge win over a non-conference foe. Finally, Alex Hornibrook, quarterback Wisconsin, was 17 of 22 for 205 yards and three big touchdowns in that huge win over Iowa. Who are you going with? Unfortunately, I think it's pretty much a no-brainer this week, as we have talked about in previous podcasts. Typically, I'm going to go with the player that looked big in a big game, and I think you got to go with Mr. Hornibrook on this one. Without a doubt, I agree with you there. I'm also going Hornibrook. Just repeating what you said, huge performance in a huge game. I don't think that there's any disputing who the player of the week yeah. was this week. And I think maybe we'll just pause it there because we're going to pick this back up with horny brook yep. later when we're breaking down the game so all right so now we will move on to the games again we're going to go through the games in pretty much a chronological order uh as we went through them on uh, uh the earlier week podcast so up uh, first is the Friday night game. We had number 10, Penn State, 63, Illinois fighting Illini, 24. Penn State had 591 yards of total offense to Illinois' 411 yards. In the last podcast, we talked about how uh, this with a Friday night game, mm -hmm. kind of a weird spot for the game with Penn State, a little bit of a sandwich game type of deal coming into a, a Friday night environment with a home crowd like that. You often see uh, some weird stuff. I think we saw a lot of weird stuff, and I think we saw Illinois do a great job running the ball. Well, they certainly did do a great job running the ball. Um, I'm really impressed with what they're doing on offense. I cannot believe the strides they've made on the offensive line, especially from game one till now. I don't know if you remember me just complaining about how horrible our offensive line play was the yep. first couple of weeks, it didn't look it didn't look bad at all against Penn State. Still working on that pass 
pro, but in terms of run blocking, they were moving Penn State around and opening up some huge holes and doing a great job running the ball. My problem with Illinois right now is I just don't understand what they're doing on defense. I, I don't know if it's scheme. I mean, obviously, we're down a little bit in, in terms of numbers, but I just think you should be getting a lot more out of this team. It, it, they're not without talent on defense. I just We're doing great on special teams, doing pretty solid on offense. I, I'm lost on defense. I don't get it. Um, I feel like I do get it. Maybe it is something where, with me being a little bit more removed – Thankfully, yep. from the fighting Illini football Thankfully, team. Yeah, um, caught that I, 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 I think I've in previous podcasts you've kind of stated this over again about there should be doing more with what they got. I, I, I kind of disagree mm-hmm. with that. I feel like what I'm seeing out there defensively is it, it's it's all over the board because there is so many pieces missing, or in this case, pieces that came back but they haven't played yet. Right. This is this is the fourth game for everybody else on the field. It's the first game for them, and they're they're playing yep. next to somebody they're probably not familiar with, and that person almost for sure is, is a freshman or you right. know a young sophomore. I don't know how to say it mm-hmm. because of that because you don't have that cohesiveness on defense. Like the the key the cohesive unit on offense is of course the offensive line. You could make a point that the cohesiveness on defense is is the whole defense. And I feel like if you're playing a certain kind of zone, you're trusting that an outside linebacker is going to have that zone. And as a safety, that you're not trying to overreact and and make up for stuff when players start doing that. And Mm -hmm. and typically you're going to see that more out of younger players because they think they need to go make a play as opposed to letting the play come to them. That is what I am seeing out of Illinois' defense big time right now. Well, the two suspended guys that came back certainly – looked very rusty and of course one of them got injured but yeah I expected a step up you know when they returned but did not see that they're playing a very soft defense right now the idea was they're playing on keeping everything in front of them giving up a lot of yards but still they were just getting absolutely gashed on the ground the defensive line I'm just confused at what 12 yard runs by Penn State were happening almost at will it, it was seemed like unbelievable sometimes. So uh, as far as Penn State, you know, s- typical Penn State win. Trace McStoley doing a great job on that read option. Just And a typical second-half Penn State win. Yeah, so, you know, let's compare this to the previous game that Illinois played, South Florida, where it's kind of a heartbreaking loss, right? But afterwards, I, th- I thought, you know what? I feel okay. I, have, I was left with a good feeling. I was left with a horrible feeling from this game. Yeah. Just by giving up 42 unanswered points, 35 in the fourth quarter, it was ugly. I, I, I was left with a horrible feeling here, too, because I took Illinois in the 26 yeah. points. And you were feeling and, pretty damn good. And I've known, I have definitely learned over the years with uh, handicapping to, to not ever count money. Uh, but when you are, when it is a 28 to 24 game with five minutes to go in the third quarter, and that's 28 24 uh, Penn State, it was 24 yep. 21 Illinois, Illinois. Yeah. first with, part of the right to, beginning of the. Until like 10 minutes or. or yeah, right, right away in the third quarter, yeah. and then, but even at twenty-eight to twenty-four, you're getting twenty-two points. But starting with that that touchdown to make it twenty-eight twenty-four, mm-hmm. moving forward, Penn State scored forty-two forty-two points unanswered. Yeah. in the second half. Yeah. Um, but it was embarrassing. Again, but again, the, the, you just cannot glance over the youth that is out there for Illinois. You you can hang your hat, I think, on. On uh, three things, okay? You got to point out, man, the special teams, the kicking game is awesome for Illinois. We have an amazing kicking You game. can run the ball. Yep. There are pieces on defense. They're just not together yet. Yeah, I guess, you know, if you had told me 
from the start of the Lovey era that at this point we were going to have a pretty encouraging offense, a good special teams, and a horrible defense, I would have not believed you. Right. So and then switch into Penn State, and we'll move on. Um, again, tons of yardage. The talent yeah. is all over the field offensively. Mm-hmm. When they when McSorley gets into a group, because in the first half, and this happens with McSorley, this is this is the thing you have to knock against him. He's not always the most accurate person, yeah. co- uh, quarterback that you can watch. But when he gets on rhythm and starts firing up, I'm not sure there's a defense out there that could totally shut I him agree. down. I agree. Totally agree. Um, what would you think about Franklin kind of running up the score there? I it's Franklin. Yeah. Um, thought, thought that was kind of a, a D-bag move. It's what he does. Yeah, that yeah. long pass at the end of the fourth quarter. What would you think about the orange nightmare? The the The, the uniforms. Jerseys, they were one of the most disgustingly th- horrible, awful right? uniforms I have seen. That's Just take that kit, rolled up Burn into it. a ball, and th- yeah. Why? Who thinks that's good? And why do? Why does? Why do they make a decision that they're going to do that? I know we're old men, but I just it ugly as ugly. So on UniWatch, you know yeah, my you're... my uni-watch.com. If you're into athletics, aesthetics, go there and check it out. They do a, a five good-looking games every week. They rank okay. them, and they do a one horrible one. Guess yeah. Don't even All have right. to say it. <laughs> Moving on to the Saturday games again. Northwestern was on by first game up. Boy, this one took me by surprise. Purdue thirty, Boston College twelve. Purdue had 372 yards of total offense to Boston College's 229. Mm-hmm. You could probably pick out a lot of stats in this game that were very interesting to me, but the fact that Purdue, who looked like in, at times this year, I think it's fair to say a little bit of a wet paper towelish type of defense, yeah, stopped clock killing AJ Dillon mm-hmm. and held him to only 59 yards at the beginning of that game. They firmed up, and that was the defense we saw the rest of the day. I I just I was a little surprised at the start of the game how well they were doing. I figured this is going to break. It's just a matter of time. Well, I just thought it was they they are, and I'm I'm sure this was the game plan defensively Purdue for the whole time. They just said we're going to stop the run mm-hmm. and we're going to try to make them throw. Other people have done that with Boston College. They've been able to throw the ball. Yeah. Boston College couldn't. No, uh, they could never. Brown, who who's had a great. Season up to this point, 96 yards and threw four interceptions. That'll there. do it. But, yeah, obviously the rush yards stick out. Purdue is, couldn't really run either. No, they couldn't. They only had 76 yards their own, averaged 1.9 on the ground. Oof. But then, of course, David Blau comes up with another great performance, so it, it didn't really affect them that much. But you had mentioned before the defense has not been great, but they're they're not playing with a lot of great pieces here, Purdue. I'm so impressed by Nick Holt, even in the previous games when they've given up yardage. But what a performance by their defense. Nick Holt is my guy. Yeah, I think you're, you're, a, a, you're a Nick Holt fan club. Love member. him. Absolutely love this guy. Now, Purdue, they've got to work, they've got work to do on the offensive line. There were yeah. times I was looking at that line saying, oh, mercy, this is bad. Um, <clears throat> so last week, the offense won the game for Purdue, right? This week, it was the defense. And who would have thought, kind of like – Go, my Lovey Smith comparison at the beginning of the the Brom era. Fast forward to now, they've mostly won with their defense. Correct. Very strange. But again, they're they're throwing the ball well, which is what they're, you, you that's would good expect. Point. For I mean, yeah. for the last two games now, they have been lighting it up. Here's another stat for you: BC had 37 yards at halftime. Wow, 37 yards at half total. Again. 
That was and total I, there's yards. There's just there's just no way you would have seen that coming. No, for, and, and and we were we both whiffed on this game. Like oh, this is I the think most we, I think a game. lot of the games we did pretty well looking at them, but yep. this one, I, I mean, I understand it's college football, and sometimes you got to sniff out the the weird games. This just didn't seem like a game to sniff no. anything out. It looked like Purdue had put all the chips you know on the table last week and lost, but then they just did it again and pulled it off this week. So if you had had three scenarios out there, BC wins in a blowout, uh, one of the two teams wins in a close game, or Purdue wins in a blowout. The one I would not have guessed was Purdue winning in a blowout. Last. Very strange. Yeah, but so good way for to go, Purdue. Purdue. Good for Purdue. Purdue Great moves to uh, uh, one and three, and I should have mentioned before, Penn State moves to four and zero. Oh, Illinois moves to two and two, and that will uh, move us on to the next game. No boogers. Buffalo 42, Rutgers 13, Buffalo had 445 yards of total offense to Rutgers is 284, and they can, Buffalo kind of moved it around 182 yards rushing, 263 yards passing for Buffalo. Here's what's going on right now. Rutgers does not have a quarterback. Well, they don't have that. They don't have a lot of other pieces too, though. No. That defensive backfield, I had to look it up because they're they're so bad. I'm you know I'm going back in my mind to the preview episode and I'm thinking I remember them being really veteran. I looked it up. They're starters, three seniors and a sophomore. They're two deep, three juniors and a sophomore. Yeah, these are our seasoned guys back there. That was what they were hanging their hat on. Yeah, after the Big Ten Network camp tour. I use that as my, uh, you know, information that that seeped right. into my head. I couldn't get them out of the magazines. You know, I've read up on. I'm like, this was a team that was playing better at the end of last year. Yeah, and seemed to be poised. Again, not not thinking they were going to win nine, eight or nine games, but flirt with that five to seven win range to get I thought to so. a bowl. Yeah. Now, now this is what it feels like. My universe is doomed. <laughs> And I tell you what, right now, I we, we are not. I, I don't ever wish ill will on a coach. Um, no, for not sure. The but... easiest profession to get into. I have ties to Chris Ash. I I. But right now, it's just don't look, see what's not what's, what's good happening. For him. Now the D is pathetic. Rutgers has now lost three of their last four games to MAC opponents. They did you know that Buffalo has two Power Five wins since they joined FBS? They're both. Against Rutgers. Really? Yes. I did not know Two that. power five wins since they joined FBS, which I think was like maybe 15. And this isn't your ago. slightly older brother's Buffalo this year. The, the, these guys are good. They're pretty good. I tell you what. That's no excuse, though. At home, you, 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 if you are a power five team, you can't get beat by a group of five team 42 to 13. And they're giving up huge plays. That's yeah. what I don't understand is that you would think a defense like this – should, even if they're not that skilled, should be able to prevent big plays. Um, so Rutgers, regarding your your membership <laughs> in the Big Ten Conference, I would like to say, what what would you say you do here? Yeah, I use that I use that drop last week, but the, this might be the better time to it, use. We that. used it for Rutgers last week too. Uh, no, we used. Yeah, we did. Yeah, for the oh. for the, for the coordinators. But yeah. you know what? So th- the spread was three on this. It moved to five and a half. Yeah. And I was going to pick 
Buffalo at three. I, I switched it I, over and I, I picked Rutgers. I did the exact same thing right at the they end because I'm fooling me. I know. Not anymore. They they got buffaloed and I got buffaloed <laughs> by Rutgers. I can't, I'm never picking them for the rest of the year. All right. Moving on to the next game. Another another surprising game, maybe not as surprising as that. Maryland 42, Minnesota 13, exact same score as the last game we went over. Total yardage, Maryland had 432, Minnesota had 263, 315 yards rushing for Maryland, three turnovers for Minnesota, mm-hmm. and that'll do it for you, typically, in any football contest. Yeah, giving up 315 on the ground and having three turnovers is a great recipe for losing a Big Ten game. Uh, Maryland got some of their linemen back, but but they were still pretty gimpy. But I think that might have been the key to them having such a horrible performance against Temple last yep. week. We talked about that. that. So I, I think maybe that was an anomaly last week against Temple. Uh, a lot of big plays here that, that uh, Minnesota gave up. And we saw Anthony McFarland with with a long um, touchdown. We saw that speed that we had been talking about since going back to the, the start of last year. Um as far as Minnesota, Anikstet was was still very gimpy out there. He looked like a freshman, but he's also injured. I, I thought, as I was watching the game, they need to take him out and put Tanner Morgan in there. I thought that was a bad decision by by um, Boat Boy keeping him in the game and, and kind of destroying his confidence. And 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 yeah, I, I mean, you can go two ways on that. I mean, it's also I think. I think Bo Boy seems to be the type of guy who wants players to work through that stuff and learn. Yeah. And I understand that part of it. I also understand your part of it, too. Um, you know, real quick on this with kind of mixing together the results of this game and then with Fleck, we had talked last week. I mean, we, we called this last week about a young team flying out, mm-hmm. you know, east to go play this yep. game, young quarterback that was gimpy. All those things came to roost uh, yep. in this game. Um, Minnesota was – they were already thin going into this game, right. and depending on a lot of young people. That that hits. Like, you sure. you have to watch enough college football to be able to sniff these out. This was, this was very sniffable to me. And I'll just say this, like <laughs> – we, okay, so Big Kurt and I both live in Minnesota. Um, there's Gopher fans, certainly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure if a lot of Gopher fans, or at least the ones I follow on Twitter, my buddies, it's it's a different story. They're you know they're more real, realistic and whatnot. But I don't know if they've watched enough college football to understand. It's not like the NFL where if you see a team week two, it's pretty mm-hmm. much the same NFL team you have the rest of the year. These teams can change from week to week. Sure. I don't know if they're that used to that sometimes with how these games go and what i'm getting at is at two and oh they were getting chippy at three and oh they were getting yes very chippy and now suddenly at three and one oh, they're, the off, the they're off the boat i know man. it they're they're it's whether strange it's, right it's the the boat rowing the boat right. whatever uh, they were torching pj fleck i'm like crazy yeah, it was like bad. All, all saturday night and i would just say this that team that P.J. Fleck took out to Maryland and got beat bad with, okay? I understand that. That's still the same team for the most part that he got three wins out of. I'm not a Bolt Boy, P.J. Fleck apologist here. In this case, it's like 
you know, slow the roll here, Minnesota yeah. fans, national sports media. This was always going to be a young team. You should be happy with what he got out and getting those three wins. For sure. And, you know, you, you're going up against a Maryland team that just frankly has a lot more talent they than do. Minnesota Maryland right has now. got a lot more talent than a lot of teams. Right. I mean, the, the, I mean they, the, it was an anomaly last week. Maryland is still an offensive team. Juggernaut, yeah. Well, if they if they can stay healthy up front, they're going to rush for a lot of yards mm-hmm. against a lot of people. And if there's any games where their quarterback is is on, then they're going to yeah, just I'm, put up all kinds of points. I'm still surprised Kasim Hill is, is not having a very productive year yet. I want to point out a few things. Trey Watson, the Illinois transfer, had a huge game. Now, I've knocked him a little bit on this podcast, so good for you, Trey. I'm glad you proved me wrong. He had a pick six. I have, I've been uh, very vocal about me about his lack of ability in the in the uh, past coverage great play by him also I think had 15 tackles in this game he was all over the place had a sack Uh, another thing in the battle of the Ty Johnson's Maryland wins their Ty Johnson had 11 carries for 123 yards two touchdown meanwhile they shut down Minnesota's Ty Johnson the receiver only two catches for 12 yards and his first catch wasn't until I think the fourth quarter now one thing I thought was really cool did you see this the two coaching staffs. By the way, this is the Northern Illinois Bowl. P.J. Fleck played at Northern Illinois for Matt Canada. Remember, we forgot to mention that. Anyway, they got together this week, and they exchanged helmet stickers. So both teams wore two helmet stickers, one for Jordan McNair from Maryland and one for Nick Connolly, the offensive lineman that just died oh, that's neat. I didn't this know that. week. Okay. Yeah, it was really that's cool. awesome. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on to the next one here. Uh-oh. <laughs> Number 19, Michigan, 56. Num- uh, Nebraska, 10. Total yards, Michigan, 491. Nebraska's only had 132. So last week, as I had mentioned on our last podcast, okay, um, because of uh, work travels, I was in Wisconsin. Um, as it just so happened, complete luck, um, my, my nephew – had a JV football game on Monday oh, night. Cool. I certainly didn't know that when I scheduled this. This is the trip. one I met. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So my oldest brother's yep. got a kid. He's a freshman, pretty good little football player. So as it worked out, he's like, my brother's like, hey, come on down. We're, we got a JV game. It got even got nice. pushed back tonight. So I, for the first time, I got to watch so my he's nephew a freshman play. playing on the JV team. Freshman playing nice. on the JV team. Uh, quarterback through three touchdowns. Awesome. Anyways, in that game, and my brother had warned me like these guys are awful. That okay, we're they're they're oh, they're, that the, they're bad. Yeah, the opponent, the opponent sure. was awful, and it was I, I I'm pretty close. I think it was 46 to nothing at halftime. So they started Ooh. that game with the second half with the running clock. Okay, I was mar- I would I couldn't believe how bad the team was that they're okay. playing. Now don't get me wrong, my nephew's team's got a lot of talent. They they okay. you know, but it was just you know, running backs and wide receivers just running untouched. All right. Just domination at the line. Sure. I thought to myself, I will not see a football game the rest <laughs> of the year that will look this bad. Lo and behold, at eleven o'clock on Saturday. You had to wait one day. <laughs> not even <laughs> the week. That okay, and again, like when I we've talked in an earlier podcast, when a FBS team plays an FCS team, the the fans of the FBS team think, okay, this should just be a total domination yep. up front. It's typically it doesn't work out like right. that. Like the FCS team's got to put up enough of a punch. That is what this game looked like. It was ugly from the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. Nebraska didn't even hold. A, like it's not like they turned the ball over left and right. They no, just, two turnovers to Michigan's one. Michigan had one too. Yep. I'm just saying it wasn't. Michigan 
absolutely mugged Nebraska up front. Well, there were some times when the holes were so enormous that the Michigan line was opening up. Like, I mean, like you said, you just don't see that unless it's a totally mismatched team like FBS against FCS. I mean, there were holes I could have run through and gotten some good yardage. Yeah. And I mean, they're, they're just – every time I looked up, there was a Michigan running back running an outside zone run. And the the outside blocker just caved in yeah. whoever the outside linebacker was for Nebraska, and it was just gone. Well, now a lot of this is probably how Nebraska, you know, not not being very good defensively. But I can now start to see what Khaki Pants is doing offensively. You can see his offensive line gelling and and, and progressing. That's been kind of their Achilles heel last year or so. Um, they're playing some really good power football now, and I think they're. Probably, in my opinion, the second best team in the conference right mm, now. That's interesting. Um, I at one point the yardage total, and I could be a little bit off on this, mm-hmm. but I believe the yardage total was three hundred to negative twenty-two. I think Are you that serious? was that was the halftime stats. Wow, we're gonna have to go and check that. I'm almost dead. I know they had negative twenty-two yards at halftime. So now they, that moves on to the uh, Nebraska fan base. They're okay. Too much Twitter time, probably for me following Nebraska fans late Saturday night. Uh, I needed something to cheer me up, but okay. I was listening to on a, on the trip back up to Minneapolis today to kind of to kind of bring this thing you know back around. Um, I was listening to uh, uh, Barrett Saline. I can't remember whoever the other guy is yeah. on on the show, yeah. but I, and and. They, they, so they talked about uh, they were actually comparing uh, Nebraska okay. and Tennessee, which, by the way, there's an amazing amount of correlation really? between the two teams. I mean, they're just they're both j- just because the fan awful. bases are crazy. The fan bases, the expectations, but where, where they are right historically, now. So it was where really kind now. of interesting sure. to hear those two teams get compared to. But the interesting thing was um, Barrett Slee talked about he was like, what did people think? was was going to happen you know like they were not a good team up front last year and it's only been a year right and then he went on and said and this is i swear this is all you and 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 i have been trying to say over and over again we there is still no doubt in my mind that scott frost is a good coach and was the best coach i think he was was the right hire right but there are a lot of good coaches in Division One football, and what Barrett Salee was talking on his show today, it's again the same thing that you you would hear probably any coach say: the X's and O's matter, but mm-hmm. the Jimmys and Joes matter more. Matter yeah. more. He is a good coach, but you can only make chicken salad out of chicken bleep only so much. Okay, but. In the last three years, I think they've recruiting led rankings. the West in the recruiting rankings. But they've lost a ton of those players. Like there was a there was a Calabrasca move. They had so many California players. Yep. The only one that's still left on the team is Taylor Martinez really? right now. So they've had a, like a mass exodus with that. The, you know, again, it's it's this is going to get turned around, but it has just blown my mind on how suddenly between Nebraska fans and then um, national media, it's suddenly the worm is turned and they're like, well, he took over just a right. horrible program. But where was all of that 
coming out of the spring when Adrian Martinez had, you know, four total touchdowns yeah. or whatever was in the spring, and suddenly it was like, that's it. This is what they need. Well, I think we can finally put this whole strength and conditioning th- nonsense to bed. People act like Mike Riley didn't let them lift weights and didn't have his own strength and conditioning nutrition program. Look, is Scott Frost better? I don't know. Maybe it'll turn out to be a better Scott program. Frost is better than Mike Riley. His strength and conditioning. All of it. Strength, conditioning, and just ever. Okay, I okay. just mean They had ever. a professional strength and conditioning coach before. They have one now. It's not like they weren't lifting weights. Is the program going to be better? Okay, I don't know. We'll see. But it's also not going to happen in one year. Correct. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. And, and, and defensively... Again, no, nobody's going to doubt that Scott Frost is going to get them uh, uh, moving the ball and scoring points. But there's nothing to point at defensively in Scott Frost's coaching tenure to uh, make you think that the defense is suddenly going to be right. a top 15 defense. Correct. Yeah. A couple stats to throw out here. The last time that Nebraska was 0-3, you know the year? 1945. The seven-game lo- losing streak they're on right now is the longest in the history of the program. So that is essentially what we just heard is this is the lowest in Nebraska. This is the lowest has ever been lowest. The, the program has ever been right now. So, and it, we should bring up what Wendy's tweeted too. <laughs> I couldn't so, believe this when I saw this. I, I know. So the, Wendy's tweeted uh, during the game might need a Scott Frosty to ice down the beating Nebraska has taken. Insane. Hilarious. I could not believe they I couldn't did believe that. they did that. Either. There's not going to be a lot of Wendy's getting eaten and purchased in Nebraska. In Nebraska yeah, there's going to the be next. a few uh, few franchises um, closing down, perhaps. Right. So then the sometimes the, the negative part of this is you go through these games and you talk more about the, the negative side of stuff. We we talked, I guess, a little bit on Michigan. But just to touch again, Michigan is a good football team. Really okay? good football and, team. And by the way, another thing with national media, people had just written off khaki yeah. pants beginning of the year. Right. First game. True. Now suddenly, whoa, look at Michigan. They're looking better. And I just want to say, you, if you go across the conferences, okay, just a quick little game. I didn't mm-hmm. like look this up, but Michigan was picked to be somewhere between third to even fifth best team in the conference to start the year. Michigan yeah. State and Penn State were ranked ahead of Michigan. Wisconsin mm-hmm. was too at the beginning okay. of the year. Okay, sure. So let's just say the fourth or fifth best team in any conference. Okay, if you took all of the fourth and fifth best teams from the ACC and the Big mm-hmm. Twelve and the SEC, and you played a road game at Notre Dame, how many of those? teams you think would have won that game not many right now the only thing that really has hurt michigan is that they their first game of the year was on the road with a quarterback that they hadn't figured out how to use yet and what i said at the time is this loss means nothing and i still don't think it does yeah they're fine they're gonna get they're gonna be just they're gonna fine. move right in to ride around the top 15 and, and, and it'll be fine and by the way again some of this has to do with nebraska that defense is starting to gel the one defense we've been talking about since our, our preview show was just devastating devin bush is amazing yep i'm i said it last week i will say it again of all the defenders in the big 10 i would say in the country nobody is more fun to watch than that guy wow Bold statement. Another thing, khaki pants is starting to grow on me. Yeah. Just as, as, he's, he's always grown on me. I've liked him for a long time. Well, so he had so much shtick in his first couple of years, and he's I think he's realized that he was getting a bad reputation. He's dialed it back, and I think he's being more genuine. This is the real Harbaugh, and I actually enjoy watching his pressers now. Well, he's still odd in his pressers. Oh, he's, well, that's why I enjoy it. He's but just he's, odd. He's more... He's odd, but not outlandishly odd. Right. I don't know if that makes any sense, but okay. Anything he's got else that, here? that just stare in his eyes like he doesn't know what the heck's going on. 
<laughs> He's always confused. All right. Got, got anything else? Move on to the next one? Oh, that's all I got. Let's move on. Okay. Um, all right. So the next one, <laughs> not much to talk about. Number four, the oh, oh sorry. So Michigan moves to three and one. Nebraska mm-hmm. moves to oh and three. You got to remind me to say that. I keep, I keep all right. But um, all right, number four, the Ohio State forty nine, Tulane six. Total yards, yeah, about what you'd expect. Five hundred and seventy for Ohio State, two hundred and fifty six for Tulane. Um, <laughs> with the spread last week of thirty seven. This is the second time we've done this, by the way. Mm-hmm. We've taken the points and then said. Yep. But if it's like 35 to nothing at halftime, it's not going to surprise you. It's pretty much exactly how this game went yeah. out. Um, only 151 yards of rushing for Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, so that stuck out to me. But, but 419 yards passing. Yeah, so I think what what's going on here is they know they're going to win the game. They don't want to get anyone injured, and they want to practice the the passing game. Because yeah. I think when it comes to those big games, they know they're going to need the running game. They know it's going to be there, but they, they want to complement it with a passing game, too. I think... We're talking about practice. That's what they were doing here. They were practicing. And by the way, their new coach is pretty good. That guy, Urban, hmm. not too bad. So if you listen to the last podcast, we did not touch on the Urban deal. We purposely no. left that off because we just figured you're going to be inundated <laughs> with the Urban. But in all honesty, it was not as much of a national event as no. I thought it was it's going true. to be. They certainly... You know, touched on it. I I watched a little bit of game day and and a couple other you know things that I but it wasn't overblown. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing too, there was no change in the game plan by Ohio State. Like this is something I thought was interesting to look at. Mm-hmm. Would they try to get back to a little bit more of the zone read? Right. I mean, Urban's been gone for. so I don't think long. Haskins had a carry. No. Well, the whole point I'm trying to make is this is what they're. This is what they're doing. I I would love to know the behind the scenes workings. Like, did Ryan Day take this over? Because mm-hmm. somebody had to take this over. You you can't run practices all August, and yep. and like somebody had to to make the call. This is how we're gonna do it. I it seems that Ryan Day has been that that guy. Yeah. Um. Uh, certainly, Wilson, Kevin Wilson, I'm sure is part of it too. It's not like they they couldn't throw the ball when Kevin Wilson was at Indiana and Oklahoma. So it it is pretty apparent to me that Urban has walked back into this situation, and said, "Yeah, we're just going to keep doing what we've been doing so far this year." Yeah, I, I still do expect them when they get into a tough game to to start using Haskins on the ground, but obviously haven't needed that yet. If you're looking for negatives here. The only thing I can really come up with is they had 10 penalties for 89 yards. There has been a little bit of sloppiness out yeah. of Ohio State. Not mm-hmm. going to get them in a game like this, but maybe next week it would be something that you yeah. would see. right. But Should we bring I, up Shelly Meyer on Twitter? <laughs> Quickly. Okay. So do you think that's real? No, I, think I don't. It, I just, I'm officially not thinking it's real. Really? Yeah. Well, because her handle's at Spinner Shelly. <laughs> And I know what a spinner is. I know what a And you don't typically put that from a coach's wife. But she's got 37,000 followers. It's the power of Ohio State. All right, let's move on. (laughs) Yeah, let's move on. All right, uh, next one up. So Ohio State's 4-0, right? We know that. So next one up is uh, number 24, Michigan State, Mm. 35. Kurtz suddenly, Indiana Hoosiers, 21. The yard is pretty close, actually. Michigan State had 350 yards to Indiana's 301. Um, you know, one thing I was I was going to look for is can Sparty get back uh, uh, going with their running game? Mm-hmm. You know, 131 okay. yards. It, it was it was okay, but, but a solid Hoosier defense. But probably the stat 
one of the biggest stats in the game uh, was only 29 yards rushing. That's the one that jumps out at me, too. Michigan State just – they knew going into that game, and this is something I felt like they could do coming off a bye, Indiana had been igniting their offense and really their their whole Mm -hmm. team by running the ball. Michigan State said, we're going to go ahead and stop that and see what you can do, and this is what happened. They stopped it dead cold. In fact – uh, Stevie Scott ran for a total of 18 yards in this game. Yep, after it was just one of those being, games. You know, dominant for the last couple uh, couple weeks for the Hoosiers. Now, big plays kind of did the Hoosiers in here too. They gave up that long run to Jalen Naylor. There's that fake field goal that they ran, and then the big pick six. Um, but Michigan State also kind of did their best to keep IU in the they game. They over four turnovers. four turnovers. Yeah. So that tells me the, that what, Michigan State won by two touchdowns. They could have won by a lot more. Of course. Yeah. I mean, this was a four-point spread for Michigan State. We both got this one right. Mm-hmm. It should have been a four-touchdown uh, yes. cover yes, for it Michigan State. Um, Peyton Ramsey threw the ball 46 times. That is not yeah. in Indiana's game plan. That's not, not ideal. What they want. Nope. Um, but they had to do that. They weren't. They couldn't run the ball. Yeah. Uh, another thing to point out: Michigan State. They're not doing great on offense. Still, they're not clicking. They only got in the red zone three times, but they scored all three times they got in the red zone. Yeah. And that's so they're efficient. And and typically, Lewerke is just such a weapon in the red zone. That's why you see yeah. the high red zone numbers. But it is between the twenties. It still continues to be. A very much a work in progress yes. for, for Michigan State, which it, it doesn't make any it sense. It doesn't make sense. They got so much they, talent. They have Brian Lewerke and a those I'm receivers. not saying a top ten nationally offensive line, but a, a no, but a, a good one. A, a pretty good offensive line. But you're not gonna find many more talented wide receiver cores in the Big Ten. I right? wonder how much of this comes down to the running backs. You think so? I I it, I know you I don't like Scott I, very much. Is that, I, I've always, I actually always liked LJ Scott. I'm just disappointed in LJ Scott, and obviously he didn't yeah. play in this game, so it's it's completely different. But, but yeah, the, I, I, but you get to the point where I know there's been times with with Iowa teams where you just look and you say, no, you can only block plays so well. At some point, a running back's got to get up the hole sure. and make somebody miss. Like you yeah. can't block all eleven. I'm just wondering if that's maybe part of the case with Michigan State. Possibly. What do you think of Hayward? Fine, you know, yeah. but again. Right, just mm, not great. Right. Yep. So uh, so that moves Michigan State to 3-1. Indiana is also 3-1. and one. So that brings us to ah, the Big Ten, game of the week. Number 18, Wisconsin 28, Iowa Hawkeyes 17. Wisconsin had 415 yards of total offense. Iowa had 404 yards yep. of total offense. Obviously, I've got things to say, but I want you go ahead and start. So I know you were pretty disappointed. I get it. I think Iowa played a pretty damn good game against a really good opponent. I don't know why you'd walk away from this feeling bad. I mean, you've got – it's your your first game that you played in the West. Okay, you're 0-1 in the division. You're going to be favored over every other Western team you play. You've, you're setting yourself up here right now for probably a nine-win season, maybe more. Um, to me, the difference in this game, three turnovers for Iowa and that, that stupid special teams play. I mean, those are four huge plays, and you were right there until 57 seconds left in this game when Hornibrook did a very un-Hornibrook thing. He had a great game. I mean, it it takes Hornibrook to have a great game and Iowa to have four horrible plays for Wisconsin to win this game. So I would feel really good if I'm Iowa right now. Yeah. 
I get it. You didn't, want the win. Didn't get a lot of heat on Twitter for this, but but said something about the effect of the Iowa Wisconsin game is is my favorite rivalry game. Um, yes. And to and to point I gave out, you some flack about that. You did. Um, and to point out the, the so the the trophy in this is the traveling bull. And oh, we the, didn't the mention previous the previous game for Michigan State Indiana is the brass platoon. So Michigan State won the brass platoon. Sorry, we didn't bring that up. Um, this one of the part of this is the my favorite rivalry game is. Got a lot of Wisconsin buddies. Um, all the texts I got from were just great game. One of them even went buddies went so far as to say, "You were the better team, but you made the mistakes." Yeah, you know, which I'm That's... just saying most fan bases don't cop out to that stuff. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, from my take, not not too much different from the things you brought up. Um, they're two different styles of, of teams. Like people act like it, they're running the same offense, but mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it's, there's differences, nuanced differences between the two teams. They were very even, yeah. um, very evenly uh, matched teams. But look at the stats. I mean, yeah, for, I mean, it was, it was, uh, Iowa actually had statistically almost the entire second, third and into the fourth quarter. They had more, they had almost equal rushing yards as Wisconsin. They had way more passing yards than Wisconsin, but again, yeah, they had that you, long drive at the end to, to, to take the lead. Hornibrook. Yep. Drove them um, down. I think like a 10, 10 play drive, but you look at statistically, average per pass play. Iowa had eleven point one yards. Uh, Wisconsin nine point three. Running the ball, they both averaged four point eight. It's very evenly matched game. Yeah. Um, we kind of talked about going into that game that um, we felt like uh, Wisconsin's defense because of injuries, because of, mm-hmm. you know, graduation and whatnot, that they had taken a step back. I think you saw that on, on Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, and, and Big Kurt went way out on a limb and predicted that the Iowa tight ends would have a good game, and they did. They did. Uh, you know, Hawkinson, great game, three catches, 115 yards, and Fant had two touchdowns. Yep. We expected um, that. Um, the the Again, the, I believe, I hope from the viewer, it was a great game to watch. I My brother it. and I – Kept saying to each other, end of the second quarter, end of the half, end of the third quarter, we just kept looking at each other and saying, this is an amazing game yeah. to watch. This is a blast. And uh, uh, I believe when you walked into that game, the two things that we had talked about was the strength of the teams was Iowa's defensive line mm-hmm. and Wisconsin's offensive Absolutely. line. Did uh, Iowa's defensive line statistically dominate the game like they have the previous three? Of course no. not. This, there's th- not going to do that. Three- First and second round offensive yeah. lineman in this game, you you can't expect that. But it it was not a stalemate. Wisconsin's offensive line got the edge in that battle, but it wasn't a huge edge. It was no, just, I wouldn't say it's a big edge. It was just a great matchup. And on the other side of it, I think Wisconsin or Iowa's offensive line got the better of of Wisconsin's front front seven. Yeah, I think everything so. was matching together. Uh-huh. It was almost like watching a simmed video game play out. Yeah. Again, the difference if if you're gonna lose ninety percent of the games that you turn the ball over three times, yeah. In a game like this, you're gonna lose ninety nine point nine nine percent of the games, yep. and that's that's, that's what, what we we fell into. And then you know, as far as dejected, uh, how you're supposed to feel, um, yeah, there was there was a lot of just uber ejected Iowa fans. I don't <sighs> know, maybe I'm weird, but I just came away thinking the offense looked good. Yeah. That that was what was fun to see. The defense is what I thought it was. But with that being said, I mean, basically the the newspaper headlines in Iowa were, this is how the West was won. Because right now, Wisconsin has a two-game lead on sure. Iowa. That's, or a game-and-a-half lead, however you want to say it. 
on Iowa. That's that's how it is. It is obviously disappointing to think that you you outplayed the team or and I, and I'm not I'm not huge into that. I'm not saying I would should have won the game. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying it is a little bit of a hollow feeling to feel like you certainly left plays out there yeah. to to I understand that. Been. But Iowa's got a lot to play for still. Cer- certainly. And I mean you and said I, you expect a nine win season. I mean, right now, and I wouldn't have. I didn't say this at the beginning of the year. I I predicted. I think I would go eight and four or nine and three. I can't remember. I think I went nine and three. But I now expect them like this. The the, the basement's nine wins. I would expect ten yeah. wins out of this team. And here's the narrative that I hate. If you don't win your division, you didn't have a good year. Or if you didn't win your conference, you didn't have a good year. That's total BS. Well, it's a you topic. Win, I think it's a topic we can touch on next yeah, week. Yeah, you win time. nine games. That's a damn good season. Of course, of course, and obviously even more so with ten. So, um, okay, so that gets us through all the Big Ten games. Just a couple of the national mm-hmm. games to to touch on. Did you watch the any of the Stanford Oregon game or how? It Very ended? little. Yeah, um, uh, just, but Cristobal just blew it, right? Yeah, he just blew it. Oh. Could have could have just sat on the ball. Just sat on the ball. Yeah, and game's Stanford over. Stanford a chance and and oh. come back get in, get into overtime and win. So that was crazy. So that that wound up being probably the game and of then the day. Just see the Oregon fans just pelting Stanford players with water bottles and other stuff as they're walking off the field. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I My, did see a funny. Sign before in, on uh, um, game day where it said, "Have I told you I go to Stanford yet?" Which is you know, right. Stanford sure. always talking about. Of course, go to Stanford was pretty good. Well, my comment about the Oregon fans was, perhaps Uncle Phil needs to buy him some manners. <laughs> Phil Knight, by the way. Yeah. Sure. All right. Um, one of them that was kind of a surprise to uh, to Big Kurt, Texas thirty one. Yeah. TCU, how about that? Sixteen. But here's the thing, um, they almost had identical yards. TCU turned the ball over four times okay. in that game. There you Texas. go. I mean, Texas played the the cleaner game, but right. Right. that's that's going to do it 99% of the time. Yep. And that fell in the 99% right there. Good for Tommy. Yeah. Tommy no. Herman. Yeah. And then, of course, magically, of course, Texas, I'm sure, will be right back into the AP rankings at oh, that yeah. point. Um, and then the the shocker of the day. Mm-hmm. Old yeah. Dominion. Crazy. They, they Virginia hadn't, Tech. They hadn't won a game. Old Dominion. Not only had they not won a game, Going into that game, they had lost to Liberty, yep, fifty-two to ten. Oh lord! They lost to FIU, and they had yeah. lost twenty twenty-five to Charlotte. They and that's a bad team. It wasn't like a like a Northern Illinois schedule right now where they've played Iowa, Utah, sure. and Florida State. You could understand. Yeah, they've lost to bad teams. They've lost to this is a bad teams. team losing to bad teams. They had. I mean, they were. I didn't watch it. I don't like know how it happened. Point eight percent chance of winning the game before kickoff. Oh. And and they and they beat them. Unbelievable. Um, another. So thing, who's the second best team in the ACC? Oh we should God. talk about that. I don't. I, I guess Miami. It's got to come back to I Miami. Guess it comes back to right? Miami at this point because it can't be Boston College. It can't be Virginia Tech anymore. I think I know this is the Big Ten, the Eyes on Big podcast. But I think next week with this is disgusting. But there's only five games eh, next week. We'll depressed. we'll have a little bit of filler time. We'll yeah, talk about we should some of that stuff. Yeah. One more thing to point out nationally, and then we'll just quickly touch on next week's games. Did you see? Anything out of the, the Tennessee that happened? No. I mean, they just got destroyed. Who they the who they play? I don't even know. I can't even remember. Okay. It was an acid. Anyway. Oh, uh, not South Carolina, was it? No. No. I don't um, remember who Kentucky. It was. Kentucky. Kentucky, that's right. Yeah. Kentucky okay. is. Yeah. They're, they're the real deal. Um, I don't know who the player was. I'm pretty sure it was a quarterback. Asked him to go out in the field, and he refused. Guarantano? 
I, I think it was the Tennessee. no kidding. Just said no. I'm I'm not going out there. Oh yikes! And he sent him in the locker room. And I mean, it's it's out there. The coach brought it up in the press conference. Oof! Is that bottom of the barrel when you've gotten to the point where you don't you don't want to play? You don't want to go team. out and play college football. Yeah, I don't want to play football anymore. <laughs> That's about as bad as it gets. At least that didn't happen to Rutgers. Not that I know of. <laughs> See. It can, yeah, always be, it can always be worse. There's a silver lining. All right, so really quickly for next week, there is an, an amazing amount of teams on by. Maryland, Illinois, yeah. Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota are, are all on by next Crazy. week. Which leaves us only five games, so we'll just quickly try to predict the, the lines. Hmm. Um, first one up is Central Michigan at Michigan State. Feels like a, about a Sparty by 22. I was going to say 21. Okay. Um, Indiana. At Rutgers, you know, I could see this being higher, but I think it's going to hover right around Indiana 8. I was saying 7. Okay. All right. Uh, pretty darn interesting bowl, the dem- the Demigod Bowl. I'm sure we're going to have a little bit more fun with that, but the Purdue Boilers oh, yeah. at, at Nebraska. Boilers are at Nebraska. Okay. I, I, I think this is going to be right a tough around one. a, a, a pick I was going to say Purdue favored by several points. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Purdue, By how much? Purdue at Nebraska, right? Purdue at Nebraska. Purdue's won one game. Yeah, I get it, but they looked pretty good this last week. Okay. I was going to say Purdue by five. Wow. Yeah. Okay, that seems high to me. Um, Michigan at Northwestern. I like Northwestern coming off a bye. I like Michigan by about 15. I got Michigan by 13. Okay. I think you, you might be a little bit closer to me. And then the Big Ten game of the week will be Ohio State at Penn State. Oh, boy, that's a good one. At Penn State, I would say Ohio State favored by three and a half. Hmm. I got Ohio State by six. Okay, in that game. So nice. All right, I think that's going to probably do it for this week. All righty. Anything else you got? Uh, just follow us on Twitter. Interact with us. Um, again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean. You hurt Big Big Kurt's feelings if you don't interact with them on Twitter. I just you want do. to make sure you all know that this is. I hate tweeting to myself. <laughs> It is sad. It's a sad <laughs> life. I'm getting more and more interaction, though. All Tell right, your everybody. friends. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot for listening to Eyes on Big Podcast. I'm Jeffrey the Greek. And I'm Big Kurt. All right. See you Talk soon. To you soon.